This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. And on TuneIn.com, Hing.fm, and Upsnap Mobile. Contact Talk Radio. Ready for a more successful and fulfilled life? It is time for Real Answers, a transformational hour with Dr. Kate Siner, live broadcasting to the 50 states and internationally. Dare to go deep. Change yourself, change the world. Hi, this is Dr. Kate Siner, and this is Real Answers, and this week we are going to be talking about paths to healing. And this is a topic that is really near and dear to my heart. I would say if there's anything that has been consistent in what I've studied, it's been how do we heal on all different levels? What does that really mean? Um, how do we facilitate it? All, all of those different things for ourselves, for other people. And when it really comes down to it, we do heal ourselves. It's in each person's ability and their, it's their capacity to heal themselves. However, as outside people, whether it's, uh, you know, facilitators or therapists or even business people or parents, uh, we have an opportunity to create or to support people um, in this process. And um, that's what I'm going to be talking about later um, with my guest, Jeffrey Viscalio. Um, And so we'll have him on the show just right after the first break. So in Paths to Healing, what is it that helps us heal, right? What are the things, what are the ways that we can understand healing? And I, I was what I decided to do for this show is to really take a look at some of the, like, the foundational elements, what's happening at the basis of the different modalities that we use, whether we're using, you know, Western medicine or Eastern medicine when we're talking to a therapist or we're doing a form of art. You know, what is it that helps us um, kind of move to a place of greater wholeness and greater health? And the first thing that I have on this is about um, really our, our big yes to life. And you'll see about this written in some of the popular you know, self-help literature of the day. It's about saying, you know, yes, really being able to affirm ourselves and step fully into our life. And this yes is really about, it's about alignment. It's alignment with our deeper nature um, our ex, our flow, our joy, um, the easy expression of who we are. And what I talk about a lot are core selves, the, the deep expression of this core self. So when I'm talking about getting a deeper access to that core of who you are and then moving that out into the world, that could be considered a form of saying yes. Right. So we can bring the yes, that big yes, into all different parts of the world. We can bring it into um, environmental like ecosystems. We can bring it into our homes. We can integrate it into businesses um, or into whole societies. Right. So what is it that affirms the deeper truth of a person, 
or an environment or a family, right? So in that, we could say it could be, you know, in an individual, it could be doing what you love or finding your bliss, right? In, in a family, it could be honoring um, love of each other or um, a sense of support, uh, a sense of connectedness, right? It could be um, giving space for each person's individuality. And these things are ways of saying yes, ways of welcoming in the completeness of who we are, the deeper truth of who we are. So easily, you know, easily we can look at what is it that we love most? That's why I talk about it a lot. What is it that we love most? Because sometimes we don't know exactly how to get access to those deeper parts of ourselves. Um, for whatever reason, we've built up either defenses against them um, or we just our connection to them wasn't facilitated in, in the best way possible. So one of the things that we can start to pay attention to is what we love. And by paying attention to what we love, we can then create this kind of um, deeper um, and uh, um, connection to everything. So uh, saying our big yes, making this deep connection to ourself, moving more completely into our life through what it is that we love. And if you, in some people, they'll kind of feel like they've gone flat and maybe it's challenging to find love, you know, in such a big form. And so you look for the first point of movement. You look for the base attraction. You look for a little bit of, oh, I like that, or I like an aspect of that. And you pay attention to wherever you can start to move in the direction of that um, affirmative state of that yes, of that positive feeling. And so that is one of our modes of, of healing ourselves. Um, another way that we heal ourselves is to bring together um, what is supportive. So bringing together things that add to our well-being. Okay, so you could think of in the terms of like nourishment. You might take vitamins and minerals to feed your body right? So that they have what they need to heal. Um, but it also might be other things that you bring into your life. Once again, you might be building up a nice environment for yourself. Or you might be, um, you might be adding in supportive friends or a positive work environment. So you're bringing in these things that allow you to really um, function optimally. They strengthen you. They support you in moving forward. So we could look at healing and what heals us in terms of the support that we create in our life. And so you could say, what are the things that support me in being my deepest, truest, fullest self? And how can I bring in more of those things. 
And when I work with people in my Life Work Community program, one of the things that we do is we make an assessment over all areas of the person's life. So you know, we look at things from a physical, emotional, you know, mental, social, spiritual levels and say, okay, what is it that is supportive of really forwarding this part of my life, strengthening if this was going to be optimal, if this was if I was going to experience this part of my life in an optimal way, what would support that in being? And by adding in those elements, we become stronger and we have more of a capacity to, to heal, to respond. So let's look at healing in terms of just second. Um, definitional healing um, could be circumstance comes up in your life a painful circumstance you have a loss of a limb um, if you have a really supportive environment you have the means that you you know want more in need in your life to uh, function optimally and um, that is going to help past that loss it's going to help you be able to grieve and then to move back to you know a full state of being this isn't a full state of being i don't want to say that um what i it's just you probably with more um pleasure so having what we would supportive in our life really help to um, function optimally and to then be able to take care of ourselves or overcome some of the challenges that we face along the way. We can look at how is it that I can bring in supportive elements into my life now. And you could look at each one of those areas. You could say, well, what do I need to support me as far as my goes. What do I need to support me emotionally? What do I need to support me um, in all areas? So let's just, I'm going to take a moment and go to a quick commercial break, um, and then I will be right back. ready to step into your greatest potential, your potential for joy, love, success, and fulfillment? Dr. Kate Siner's LifeWork Community is a 10-month commitment to the life of your dreams. The LifeWork Community is a place where true freedom is realized, freedom from repression, struggle, and lack, a place where you can go deep within and explore and transform yourself, a place where you can be seen and celebrated. During your year, you will learn powerful healing exercises, grow from rich transformational experiences, and learn to bring it all out into your daily life while being supported by a like-minded community of people and guided by Dr. Kate's mentorship. 
For more information, contact admin at katesigner.com with life work in the subject line. We look forward to connecting. Be the change you wish to see is a phrase that gets said a lot, but the question is how? Dr. Kate Siner provides programs and mentoring that give you the real-life tools to make the changes you wish to see. Her personally tailored services combine almost two decades of work with the grit and compassion that can only come from a life fully and passionately lived that support you on your path of positive change. To learn more and get started, visit www.katesiner.com. We all want to be happier, more fulfilled, more successful. But the question is how? Dr. Kate Siner provides programs and mentoring that give you the real-life tools to get the results you wish to see. Her personally tailored services combine almost two decades of work with the grit and compassion that can only come from a life fully and passionately lived. Get the support you need to continue on your path of positive change. To learn more, visit www.katesigner.com. Author and educator, Dr. Kate Siner wants to help you connect with your purpose and passion. With 18 years in the field of personal development, a Ph.D. in psychology, and plenty of real-life experience from the School of Hard Knocks, Dr. Kate will inspire you not just to change your life, but the world for the better. Her mentoring and programs provide effective tools and tailored support that meets you where you are and grows as you do. For more information, visit www.katesigner.com. Are you craving positive change in an area of your life? Dreaming of work that is meaningful or relationships that are authentic and connected? Internationally recognized author and facilitator, Dr. Kate Siner, is a compassionate and fearless advocate for positive change. Through personally tailored programs and masterful mentoring, Dr. Kate's genius lies in helping you get connected to your true self so you can make a difference in the world starting with you. Visit www.katesigner.com. Hi, this is Dr. Kate Siner, and this is Real Answers, and we've been talking about how we heal. And um, before the break, I was talking specifically about um, bringing in what is supportive and learning really to affirm who we are or find and live our big yes. And now I'm bringing on Jeffrey Vizier. This Giglio, doctor of acupuncture and founder and owner of Open Acupuncture. And uh, Jeffrey, thanks so much for coming on the show today. Thank you very much, Kate. It's very nice to be here. It's nice to talk to you again. Yeah, absolutely. So um, uh, rather than read your bio right now, I would love it if you would tell people a little bit about how you came to do the work that you do. What's been your trajectory? Uh, Well, it's certainly been an interesting journey. I can tell you that. Um, I uh, got out of college and did the thing that everyone was supposed to do, you know, got a job and climbed the ladder and, uh, and all that fun stuff. And I just always felt that I was constricted. 
Uh, I felt that there was something missing from my life. I felt that there was some uh, sort of an intangible itch that I couldn't quite scratch. And when I turned 30, I didn't take it very well. And I decided that I wanted to do something that was a bit radical and outside of my comfort zone. And I had a longtime friend of mine who had been taking Tai Chi. Uh, and he invited me to come to a class with him. And our teacher was just this funny, silly, irreverent guy. And, you know, he put everyone at ease. And I, I really started going because I enjoyed him and I enjoyed the class. Uh, and over a space of many weeks and months, my body had transformed and I was sleeping better and eating better. And, you know, my teacher was really into acupuncture and really into Chinese medicine and how these principles could be applied to help us, like you said, say the big yes. Uh, and so I, I'm a bit of a geek. I, I like to know how things work. And I had seen such a transformation in myself that I had to know what was going on. Uh, and next thing I knew, kind of, uh, you know, a big risk. I, I threw it all in and I decided to go to acupuncture school. Uh, and there it was, uh, you know, uh, it was the equivalent of Harry Potter getting to Hogwarts. You know, here were all these people of like mind and here were all these people that had these great ideas and these great visions and, you know, were all forging their own health journey. And having that collective really, to be honest with you, made me realize that I wasn't crazy and that there was a whole other part of life that I hadn't been living. Um, and, you know, going forward, once, once I got out and really started applying that, you know, in the real world and seeing people and helping people get back on their feet, uh, it really sort of clicked into place that that's what I should be doing all along. Hmm. I mean, aversion, since right before the break, I was talking about, you know, support and how support can bring about healing. It sounds like there's a version of that in your story as when you got to school and there were all these people of like mind seeing things um, kind of in a similar way. And that sort of brought out a new level of yourself. Absolutely. Uh, you know, there's the there's the hidden self, you know, uh, Jung talks about the shadow self, you know, and, and we, you know, we have a tendency, uh, you know, particularly in America to only focus on the good things. Uh, but, you know, the, the ancient Chinese, you know, a lot of acupuncture comes from Taoism and Taoism is all about change. Uh, mm -hmm. And that everything has its time. And so, you know, the knowledge to that is that the bad things will pass as well as the good things. And if we can accept both with equal measure, uh, then we can start to embrace life more fully as opposed Absolutely. to focusing on one thing, you know. So just before um, we move on from kind of your background, you've been involved in some really interesting projects. Would you share a little bit about that? Uh, sure. I, uh, I'm a graduate of the New England School of Acupuncture. Uh, that's in Newton, Mass., uh, I also participated in the pain research, education, and uh, policy program at Tufts Medical School. Uh, and that was a really neat balance of East and West. Uh, I, I enjoyed the Tufts program because so many of my patients are on medication uh, or are involved in modern procedures. And so to be able to have a foot in both worlds was also very valuable. Uh, I've done a lot of work with veterans, uh, which has been hugely rewarding. Uh, and I actually, um, for my thesis work, I was involved with an Air Force colonel named Niemzow, and he created a protocol of five needles in the ear that was designed to hijack shock and trauma. Uh, mm. And it was created specifically for soldiers in the field who couldn't be extracted right away. Um, I also did a little work with Acupuncturists Without Borders, and they're a terrific um, triage and trauma organization. They were put out during Hurricane Katrina and the earthquake in Haiti, and there's actually teams in Nepal right now that are working uh, to help people after the earthquake there, too. Hmm. 
No, that's fantastic. So you started um, open acupuncture, and what are the guiding principles behind that? Well, uh, I think I was really inspired by both the Colonel and what I saw with Acupuncturists Without Borders. Uh, acupuncture is incredibly portable, and I can pack a bunch of needles into a kit, and I can treat anywhere. Uh, and I think that's an advantage that is enormous, and nobody's really looking into it, uh, you know, other than these trauma situations. And so my idea was, if it was so portable, uh, then why couldn't I take it to you? You know, uh, acupuncture has long been proprietary. You know, you've had to go to a, a practice or a clinic or, you know, kind of seek your way out in the world. And this was sort of a, a different path, uh, you know, a middle path, if you will, uh, for people to experience acupuncture in their own home. Uh, you know, to not have to deal with traffic, uh, you know, and deal with all the, the, the craziness of, you know, Rhode Island potholes, et cetera, you know, uh, <laughs> you know, and just to have a chance to experience it uh, for themselves. And I think I find especially when people are, are really sick or they're in chronic pain uh, and they have trouble moving um, to be able to come to their house and, and bring this this treatment to them. It's like a hot, you know, a cup of hot soup when you're really sick. You know, it really mm -hmm. helps out a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's that's sort of the first part. And then the other part of it is uh, this open idea, uh, you know, to try and help people get these tools. Uh, Chinese medicine is a lot more than acupuncture. There's a lot of lifestyle guidelines like diet and exercise and, you know, mindfulness and Taoism. And these are elements that I want to open up to people. Uh, again, I'm trying to, you know, offer people these tools so that they can tweak them and make them into their own plan for healing. Um mm -hmm. And that's that's pretty much the principle behind what we're doing. So, awesome. All right. So, since we're talking about kind of pathways to healing, could you say a little bit about how we heal according to Chinese medicine? Oh, sure. Uh, well, Chinese medicine is based on balance. Uh, it's the idea that uh, human beings are considered to be very special. We're a combination of heaven, uh, which is sort of the numinous thought realm, and earth, which is the very ground that we walk on. And so human beings are considered to be a treasure in Chinese medicine. And because we have this balance between heaven and earth, we're allowed to create and think forward uh, and pass things on to from generation to generation. And all this is based on this very intricate system of balance. Your body is always working towards your best interest. Uh, and I have a hard time convincing people of that sometimes when they've been very ill and they feel like their body has betrayed them. Uh, but believe it or not, at all times, your body is working to keep you safe and healthy. Uh, if you were to cut yourself, for example, you would heal on your own. And what happens when that natural system gets hijacked is we start to fall out of balance. Uh, so I'm in perfect balance, let's say, and then, you know, I, I'm having trouble at work and my commute is terrible and I'm worried about finances uh, and maybe I lost someone dear to me or I'm going through a divorce or, you know, or a traumatic move or something like that. And all of that attacks the system and starts to hijack it. And what happens is that very delicate system of balance, much like a seesaw, starts to become unlevel. Uh, and what Chinese medicine does, what acupuncture does specifically, is help to redress that balance. Uh, and I think it's very important. And, and what I try and stress to folks is that I, I may be putting the needles in, but it's your body that's doing this work. Uh, you know, again, I, I'm a big fan of the, the idea that we're our own doctor as well. Uh, and so that's really the principle of Chinese medicine is trying to redress balance when it becomes out of balance. 
And I imagine by teaching the additional infer- like skills and like educating people about not just the acupuncture, but all of Chinese medicine, it's part of helping them to become their kind of like their own doctor to be able to know how to really care for themselves. Exactly. I think, uh, you know, one of the errors that, that we make is we believe health is a destination and it's not, it's a process. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's the little incremental steps that we take day to day. You know, one donut's not going to ruin your diet. You know what I mean? Right. But a hundred, you know, you know what I mean? So right. no, it's, totally. it's, it's, it's a cascade. I think there's the same thing when it comes to kind of the, the, the mind, right. Or the, the uh, how someone feels on a psychological level that they will like we think that we're trying to get to this place of happiness of like the result that is going to happen but it really is more about being able to be in the process of life or you know take the journey so to speak um, and and be uh, healthy inside of that versus create a specific outcome. That's exactly right. And, you know, we're in a goal-oriented society, you know. First I get the job and then I get the house and then I get the, you know, and it's this progression of little steps. And, you know, we sort of, when we finish one goal, we look around easily, you know, eagerly for the next one. And, you know, a part of healing is is a bit of letting go. It's a bit of going with the flow. Uh, you know, the Chinese mm-hmm. believe that the Tao is, is this giant, uh, you know, uh, immeasurable unspeakable element of change that flows through each of us. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I I think the hardest thing, particularly in American society is to let go a little bit, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, but that's, you know, that's, that's, that's a big one. Yeah. So, I mean, kind of along those same lines, what do you think are some of the barriers that to healing that you account, you encounter with people? Well, that's, that's a big one. Um, I, I will say, you know, since we're talking about Taoism, that resistance to change, uh, it's a big one. Um, there's an interesting phenomenon where people actually hold on to illness. Uh, you know, it, it comes to identify them, totally. uh, and, you know, and they're, they're unwilling to break those chains. And so that's, that's, you know, one of the first things that, uh, you know, I look at, uh, you know, some of the other things too is, is attitude really. Uh, you know, I find that people who are, you know, very positive and, you know, look at, at, at obstacles in life as something to overcome or to learn from have a much better time at healing than people who have a, a fundamentally negative or a fundamentally, fundamentally caustic attitude. Um, you know, and it's, it's changing attitude when you've been sick a long time can be very difficult. Um, you know, uh, there's also, I think, you know, we have this tendency of myopic thinking, right? When something terrible is going on, we can only focus on that one thing. Uh, Mm -hmm. and you know, I always stress looking at the larger picture because again, everything changes, this too shall pass. Uh, and I, I think those are some of the biggest barriers that I encounter. Um, Chinese medicine makes no real distinction between the body and the mind. Uh, the mind leads the body. There's the, you know, there's, there's not a, a separate, you know, acupuncture doctor or acupuncture system for psychological illness as there is for a physical illness. All of it right. is entwined. Um, so a, a lot of things that can begin that may appear in the body have actually begun in the mind. Um, mm-hmm. so that's, that's a lot of what, uh, some of the barriers are is what, what you think about your health and what you think about yourself and your situation. Mm-hmm. I think about core energetics, which is um, one of the modalities that I studied, and there is a very strong mind-body connection in that, where in looking at how somebody is holding themselves or how it is that they, you know, the, the patterns of stress, um, the areas that wind up getting some kind of illness, 
is all the result of the defenses, the way that the person perceives reality and has been kind of ingraining these patterns um, in their in their body over sort of by keep doing by doing the same thing over and over again, essentially. Absolutely. We, we get into into ruts. Um, you know, I, I talk to patients a lot about self-talk, like, like, what do you talk to yourself about? You know, because I find that self-talk is rarely positive. You know, we're, we're pretty hard on ourselves. You know, we're, we're definitely our own worst critics. And, you know, when something goes wrong, oh, I'm so stupid or I can't believe I did that right. again, you know, and, you know, that's, that's a big part of it is what are you telling yourself on a day-to-day basis? You know, in essence, are, are you making yourself sick by how you feel about yourself? Right. Right. Absolutely. Such an important thing to pay attention to. In fact, after, you know, towards the end of the show, one of the things that I'm going to discuss a little bit more, I was talking about what's supportive, but also what it is that's unsupportive. And, you know, part of that would be what are the things that we're doing on a regular basis that are kind of taking us out um, versus, you know, allowing us to really move more into into life. Absolutely. Okay, so uh, what do you... Oh, please, go ahead. I was just going to ask you, what do you think it is that we can, you know, kind of do to break down some of our barriers to healing? Well, I think uh, I, I think there's three really big, uh, you know, sort of immediate things. Uh, self-talk, of course, is, is the first. Uh, the second is I do a lot of mindfulness work uh, with folks, and mindfulness at its essence is being awake. It's being aware of what's going on right here in the moment, not, oh, God, what's going to happen in two years or, oh, God, what happened three or four years ago. It's, it's dealing with right now. Uh, we go through so much of our life on autopilot. I mean, if you think about it, I mean, all you have to do is just drive up 95 and people are in their own little world, you know, mm-hmm. and it's, you know, but I mean, how many times do, you know, how are you doing? I'm fine. That's an automatic response, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and a bit of politeness, right? We don't want to upset anybody with our troubles, you know, um, but, but part of that autopilot is we also do things like smoke and, you know, and drink and do, uh, y- you know, uh, abuses to our body on a regular basis that we don't really pay attention to. Uh, it just satisfies some sort of primal need, uh, and we're not really paying attention to it. And what mindfulness is, is not even necessarily changing things right away. It's just being aware of the things that come out of your mouth and the thoughts that you think and the way you interact with people. And the more you do that, the more aware that you become, the more you start to catch yourself when something triggers you or when you find yourself upset. You know, and that is really because the beautiful thing about that is that's empowering. That puts you in the driver's seat. Uh, you know, why let anyone else uh, pilot your ship? You know, you should be the captain of your ship. And so mindfulness is definitely the second key. And the third is actually very simple. I stress movement. Uh, the Chinese have a saying that uh, a door that is used doesn't squeak. And, you know, we live in such a sitting culture, you know, I sit on the couch to watch TV, I lie in bed, I sit in the car to go to work, I sit in a cubicle all day. You know, we are not, we're built to climb trees and run around, you know, we're not, we're not built to sit like this. And and so I recommend movement. And, and I don't mean exercise, you know, people go crazy, I got to hit the gym. And I just mean movement, walking, swimming, Tai Chi, things like that, that are going to engage your whole body. Uh, because that's, you know, stagnation is the enemy. Uh, you want to be able to move. Uh, that's what helps you redress balance. That's what removes blockages. Uh, so I think a combination of those three, and note that all of those three don't require a physician or you know any kind of special training. Those are all things that you can do on your own. Uh, and again, I think that empowerment factor is really big in healing. 
Yeah, I think it's so important when it comes to to movement or to exercise is to call it movement and really recognize that by, I mean, using our body in kind of a full way, it doesn't have to be, you know, running a marathon or going and working out really hard at the gym, but it can actually be just using our body, keeping it in motion and that the relationship, as you were saying, between the mind and the body, you know, it it's by moving our body, it um, moves our mind. It opens up, it clears up blocks in our mind so that we have even more of an ability to step into that mindfulness. Yes, you're exactly right. That That is exactly how it is. You know, I always, whenever I'm really trying to st- I'm struggle with something or I'm trying to figure out an idea, my go-to is to go for a walk. You know, after, you know, three or four miles of, of walking around, I, I've got all of it out and I can usually figure out what I need to figure out. Uh, it, it's it's a, such a simple therapeutic tool, but I, I use it daily. Right, right. Excellent. So what kind of advice do you have for people who are maybe going through a rough patch in their healing? Uh, Well, there's something called a healing crisis. And this is when people start to get better and they have that sort of glimmer of hope that it might be okay. And then something happens to set them back. Uh, or people reach a plateau. You see this in exercise a lot. You know, people have been working out really hard and then they can't lose any more weight or they can't, you know, do any more reps and things like that. And, you know, so you, you see a lot of these, uh, you know, sort of places where you, you have to stop a little bit, you know. And so I, I think that, you know, as as we're working through these things uh, and as we're trying to get better, we often come up against barriers that seem defeating to us. And when that happens, I, I think, first of all, like you had mentioned, uh, you know, a support network is enormous, you know, and, and also knowing when to get help. Uh, we're, we're a very pioneer culture. I want to do everything on my own. And I, I think reaching out may be one of the most humbling experiences, but it's also one of the most rewarding. Um, you know, the other thing, too, I find is that we tend to get trapped in labels um, here. You know, I, I did a lot of work with uh, addiction and trauma. And you would have people say, oh, well, you know, I'm an addict or I'm a trauma survivor. And it's it's true. Those things may be true, but you are also far more than those things. Uh, and I think when people are really stuck, again, that myopic thinking, they, they tend to, oh, I'm, I'm sick or, you know, I have cancer or I have MS. And, and that's all they are. They lose all sight of the rest of their identity. They lose all sight of the things they used to enjoy. Uh, they lose all sight of the spark that makes them smile and laugh and want to interact with other people. Uh, so I think be careful, you know, we have labels in religion, I'm Catholic, I'm Jewish, you know, we have labels with sexuality, I'm gay, I'm straight, uh, we even have labels of politics, you know, I'm Republican, I'm Democrat, you know, and, and these labels, not only do they divide us, but they isolate us, because think about it, if I'm a Republican, then I cannot be a Democrat, you know, and so it, it, it narrows things, and so I would say when you're going through a rough patch is, to, is take a real look at the labels that you've put on yourself, and, and, and be a little more forgiving about it. You know, you don't necessarily have to be one thing. The beautiful thing about being human is that we are many, many innumerable things um, that are all equally powerful and equally beautiful. And I think it's that uniqueness that makes our culture so interesting. Right. And so, for example, in experiencing a lot of pain, you know, um, emotional, physical, what have you, if you continue to focus just on that pain, or you're able to bring your awareness to where you don't feel pain, or you are able, you have a problem, but you're able to bring your awareness to the rest of your life. 
Um, and what are all the what are all the other things? What's the bigger picture that this is really just a part of? And what I think is so critical about that is because it's very different than pushing something aside into like denial or pushing it down and trying to say that doesn't exist here. My pain doesn't exist. My, you know, like my, my negative beliefs don't exist, whatever it is. When that pushing down happens, that actually doesn't facilitate healing as much as when that sort of open lens, I like that, you know, sort of uh, moving into being able to see it from a broader perspective so that you can then have that be true. You know, I, um, I am in pain. I do have cancer. I'm, you know, challenged in whatever way right now. And all this other stuff is true. And that gives an entirely different experience and a much more expanded state of awareness. It really does, you know. Uh, people, you know, have a tendency to, to, you know, again, like I said, we're, we're our own worst critics. You know, I, I'm stupid, and I, you know, I can't do anything right. And you know, I mean, even if we went with that and said, okay, sure, <laughs> you know, you're stupid and you can't do anything right, but, 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 you know, maybe you're also a poet, and maybe you're also a songwriter, and maybe you're also a terrific mom and really good at your career. You know, don't shut, don't shut out and block out the things that make you feel alive, because at this moment in time you're insanely focused on this one part of the uh, of your life that's yeah. negative or, or interrupting you you know mm-hmm. and it leaves it really kind of short changes us in in so many ways i mean it also stops us from being able to find creative solutions to being able to see that our challenges sometimes can be opportunities for something that we didn't even expect I, I agree. And, you know, that's one of the reasons I, I stress individualizing health plans for folks, because, you know, what works for one person might not work for another. Uh, and I think we see a lot of people have a failure, a uh, feeling of failure with that. You know, well, I tried this therapy and it didn't work, but it worked right. for my neighbor or it worked for my friend. And it's, you know, it, it might not be that the therapy didn't work. It might just be that you weren't that wasn't right for you. Right. You know, so I, I always stress folks to, you know, uh, to really branch out and, and try a grab bag of things until they find what sticks. And, and I think also when you find what sticks, there's an intuitive sense that it's right, you know? Right. Well, I mean, I always like to make the comparison to a plant, right? So the comparison is the plant that's in, you know, it's the cactus that's in the rainforest or, you know, it's the fern that's in the desert or however you want to say it, that if it's like it's not that the desert or the rainforest that there's a problem with either one of those, but they're not supportive of that particular structure or that particular organism. And, and it's the same thing for us when it comes to these modalities that we bring in, that some of them are going to really be supportive and other ones are going to be a little bit less so. Absolutely. You know, and, and that's, you know, there's a, there's a big push to sort of be, you know, keep up with the Joneses and, and, you know, look and, and, you know, uh, we're in a place where we're aberrant behavior and, and, you know, uniqueness, uh, you know, unless it's capitalized and you become famous and Hollywood esque, uh, you know, you're really encouraged to kind of go with the flow. And right. I, I think more and more people are starting to wake up to the fact that, you know, one size doesn't fit all. We see it in education. We see it in business. We see it in, you know, ecology. Uh, you know, we're seeing it in so many fields where, you know, the, the status quo isn't working anymore. And, and that invites, believe it or not, that level of crisis invites ingenuity. It invites creative mm-hmm. thinking, like you said. And, and we need a lot more of that today, you know? 
Great. So I just want to thank you so much for coming on the show. And if people want to find out more about you, where would they go? Uh, so you can go to my website. It's www.opennri.com. Uh, and there you can find a little bit about uh, what home visits are like. There's uh, there are some videos up also. Just tell you a little about myself. You can sort of see my face and get a little taste of my personality. Uh, there's also some information about what treatments are like and things like that and areas in Rhode Island that I serve. Uh, and uh, any questions that you have, you can write to me at jeff at opennri.com. Uh, I am a one-man show, so if I don't get back to you right away, please don't uh, take offense. Uh, but I definitely will, and uh, and that's how you can find me. Great. All right. So opennri.com. And, and thanks again. And we're going to head off to a commercial break and I'll be right back. Thank you, Kate, very much. We all want to be happier, more fulfilled, more successful. But the question is how? Dr. Kate Siner provides programs and mentoring that give you the real-life tools to get the results you wish to see. Her personally tailored services combine almost two decades of work with the grit and compassion that can only come from a life fully and passionately lived. Get the support you need to continue on your path of positive change. To learn more, visit www.katesigner.com. Are you craving positive change in an area of your life? Dreaming of work that is meaningful or relationships that are authentic and connected? Internationally recognized author and facilitator, Dr. Kate Siner is a compassionate and fearless advocate for positive change. Through personally tailored programs and masterful mentoring, Dr. Kate's genius lies in helping you get connected to your true self so you can make a difference in the world starting with you. Visit www.katesigner.com. Are you ready to step into your greatest potential? Your potential for joy, love, success, and fulfillment? Dr. Kate Siner's LifeWork Community is a 10-month commitment to the life of your dreams. The LifeWork Community is a place where true freedom is realized. Freedom from repression, struggle, and lack. A place where you can go deep within and explore and transform yourself. A place where you can be seen and celebrated. During your year, you will learn powerful healing exercises, grow from rich transformational experiences, and learn to bring it all out into your daily life while being supported by a like-minded community of people and guided by Dr. Kate's mentorship. For more information, contact admin at katesigner.com with life work in the subject line. We look forward to connecting. This is Dr. Kate Siner, and this is Real Answers, and we've been talking about paths to healing. And right before the break, I was talking to Jeffrey Viscalio, and we were discussing specifically his modality, main focus of healing, which is acupuncture and Chinese medicine. Um, so what along those same lines, part of 
you know, part of the time that we were talking, we got into looking at the things that actually don't really support us or get in our way when we are engaged in the healing process. And so, um, you know, he was mentioning that some of the things of like critical thinking, the way that we talk to ourselves and um, also, you know, some of our, our habits are tunnel vision at times can be things that are unsupportive. And I want to say, talk about that in a broader, broader terms. So just in general, the things that don't serve us, hold us back in some way, um, you know, bring us, as he was saying, bring us out of balance, but they hold us back in some way of being able to be our fullest and healthiest self. Right. So we want to take a look at what are these things and um, that are not supportive. And it does not mean that they are bad. Um, it, it can just mean that they're not right for us. And before the break, I was making mention about how plants don't grow in the wrong environment. And it's the same that's true for us. There could be something that might be totally fine for someone else, um, even someone that's very close to us. That's not fine for us. And so figuring out what that is and then making sure to, uh, you know, separate ourselves, remove these kind of things, decrease how much they're occurring in our life can be a helpful thing. So in, in other terms, other forms of healing, I mean, this can, removing things that don't support us can be as extreme as, say, you know, cutting out a cancer, Right or literally removing something. And that can actually be a step in the direction of healing, albeit a very strong one. But at other times, we can make a choice to remove whatever, you know, an object from our home that is reminding us of something negative, or a person from our life that is very um, toxic or negative. And so we, one of the things that we can do to create more healing is then to look at our lives and to see what no longer serves us. And this is really important. Jeffrey was mentioning like sort of the resistance to change that we have. And I think that, you know, sometimes we can hold on to things. We have a sense of like nostalgia about it, or that's just the way things are, or it's the way that they've been. And you know, in that we can hold on to things for longer than they serve us. So a quick test of um, things in your environment, in your life is to just go through them, to take a look at them. You know, if it's, if it's looking around a room in your house and noticing what it is that you might have a kind of a negative response to, um, that is raising your awareness level in general. And it also allows you then to say, oh, okay, maybe it's time for that to go. And we can do the same thing with friends. We can do it with job. We can do it with um, what it is that we're reading, um, the kind of movies we're watching, what have you. We can start to take a look at, is this really supporting what, you know, who I am? You know, the truth of who I am, the depth of who I am, the healthiest, wholest me. Um, and if it's not, we can make a choice to leave it behind. Um, and it doesn't mean that, um, you know, in order to be healthy, we have to remove all things that are, you know, sort of 
seem unsupportive in some way because um, what I was also saying a little bit is our obstacles are opportunities and sometimes the things that challenge us in life and appear to be unsupportive are ultimately the the means by which we move to an even deeper state of healing. A great example of that is someone who gets a terminal illness And although they die from the terminal illness, it brings them into a deep connection with themselves, life, and others around them. And this can also be seen as a form of healing. So it's not about like, you know, creating a pretty little palace where everything is totally comfortable. So um, in order to be healthy, um, actually, that can in some ways work against us. But it is about working with things that appear unsupportive. And then they can either be transformed or they can be removed. Another important part of um, um, creating our own healing is our intention, right? It's focusing on what it is that we want. And you know, similarly to what I was saying about that big yes, this is kind of like a... It's like a subcategory of the big yes, right? Is our our intention going towards the things that affirm who we are, right? And in whatever way, being willing to move towards the things that affirm really the truth of who we are. And in addition to that, focusing on positive outcomes, really it creates a type of flow, right? It creates a type of movement. And that then allows us to, you know, to heal. It's like, it's like the, it's like the blood that's going through the muscle. It's the energy that's going through the system. It's the water that's going through the pipe. The movement allows this healing to happen, an opening to happen. So that movement is really vital to health and focusing on what we want is actually a version of movement. You know, it's interesting when you talk about healing, right? Because whenever you you talk about healing, you inevitably get to the point where, you know, something, something's true and you can look at it and look at how to use it and look at how to use it for healing. And then there's a twist on it, which is, and then it doesn't. If we become solely focused on what it is that we want, We're like myopically focused on what we want. We get that tunnel vision. And that becomes the only way that there can be health. Then that actually starts to detract from our overall well-being. Right? So it's that willingness to move towards, to be open to, to set our intention, to allow that flow to happen towards what it is that we want. And then the ability to work with what it is that is in front of us that really helps to keep things moving. So remembering that, remembering, you know, it's like um, it's possible to go days or weeks or sometimes people go years or lifetimes without ever really getting clear on what it is that they, they want for themselves. And, um, and there's a way that we can't fully be actualized um, if, if we don't get to that place of really knowing 
what it is that we want. It's like knowing that longing that I was saying is like part of the yes. Another version of healing is about mending what is broken, right? So we might uh, mend a broken bone, uh, a broken heart, uh, even a busted fence, right? So we're bringing things together, right? We're taking two things that were torn apart um, and, and we're saying, well, they actually, they need to be together. And in shamanic traditions, one of the forms of mending is soul retrieval. You're actually reconnecting a part of a person that was previously disconnected. Right? So mending usually emerges out of a necessity, right? It's like, wow, this has been broken. My bone has been broken. I want to walk. This bone needs to be put back together. But what if you were to pay attention to how many things in your life are broken? You know, do you have broken objects? Do you have broken relationships, broken agreements with yourself or with others? And what then needs to be done to bring in more healing? Like, what would it mean if you either mended or removed the broken objects in your life? And you made a point of mending, you know, or going back and getting back into integrity, as I often talk about, around broken agreements. How might that move you in the direction of your deeper healing, health, and wholeness? And there's a way that when something's broken, just like if you were trying to work with a broken leg, you would... It would take a lot of energy, right? There's a way that these broken things in our life actually take a lot of energy from us. And and so by figuring out how to mend them, we actually bring energy back in our life that then can be used for other things. So as you kind of look at your life, you can play with these different healing modalities and realize that, you know, healing isn't just about medicine, right, or even illness as we think of it and define it, but it really is about creating this optimal well-being, this, this, um, this wholeness, or as Jeffrey said, this balance in our lives. And there are all these pathways to increase that in every aspect of our life. So I want to thank you for joining this show today. Um, It's been wonderful to have you. And I will be talking to you again at this time next week um, on Real Answers. And have a great rest of your day. You've been listening to Real Answers with your host, Dr. Kate Siner. Her purpose is to inspire you to create positive change inside and out. Visit Dr. Kate on her website at www.katesiner.com with Dr. Kate and see how she can help.